Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. All right. This is Tracy Harrell, and this is bigger than me, and it's so much bigger than me. Today, I am so excited to be talking about two major organizations. First, we're going to talk about the Washington State Coalition of African Community Leaders. I'm actually part of the uh, executive advisory board for that organization um, as one of the partnerships with the National Black MBA Association. And what I love about this group is that they brought together over 30 different African communities together to basically solve all the problems in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite all the problems, but we had a, a third annual summit yesterday, and I have two guests with me. I'm going to have you introduce yourself Tell us what country you're from, and tell us a little bit about this coalition. What is the coalition? Hi. Hello. My name is Francoise Milingano. I am from uh, the Congolese Integration Network, and I am originally from the Congo. And first of all, I would like to thank you, Tracy, from, for inviting me to this platform. Thank you. I'm thank so you. grateful. Um, Grateful to have you. Oh, thank you. You're thank you're you. amazing. Like the, yesterday, like how you, you're. I mean, we had people after the the event come and do these testimonials, and I'll show a number of the testimonials on the website and as a part of the show. But your level of excitement was almost as equal to mine. It may have been higher. So when you talked about <laughs> this, and that's hard to do. Just saying. So tell us a little bit about, like, tell our listening audience who may not know what this Washington State Coalition of African Community Leaders are. What is this coalition? And then we'll talk about the summit that we had yesterday. So my ex- let me tell you, first of all, about my excitement. Yes. My is. excitement is like seeing all the African communities, organizations coming together. That was my excitement. Mm-hmm. And hear from different people talking, bringing in their yeah. ideas. That was something that is excited. So, and that is the mission of the uh, the coalition yes. is just yes. to bring all African communities organization by prov- together by providing to them information and resources in so that they will know how they can move forward in in this Washington state. Absolutely. You know that we are in a foreigner country. And when we come here, sometimes you don't know where to start right, right. and where to go. So this coalition is just to help all these African organizations so that they will have resources and information so that we can thrive in I, Washington I, I, State. I, I love it. We've had, we've had the president of the coalition on and other members on the coalition on, and they talk about the, the purpose of the coalition and how all these common shared challenges mm-hmm. are being addressed as a part of this coalition. So if you're African or of African descent, you th- this is the place to be. That's all I can say. Yeah, it's a place to be <laughs> because we yeah. all meet there <laughs> with all our differences, but we are one, you know. 
That is That's so beautiful. It, it yeah. is amazing. It, it is. It, it was. Like, I mean, for me, I'm African-American. And I always say I claim the continent. I claim the African continent because I haven't done my DNA. I don't know exactly which country I'm from. But I, there's such a welcoming, loving environment when you come into that space. And people are claiming where they're from. Yes. No doubt. It's but a- then they are one Africa. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, it, it, it is. So we're going to introduce our next guest first, and then we're uh, next, and then we're going to come back to talking about the the summit, some of the things we learned that you were most excited about, and then we're going to share some great videos. We we got to give the um, councilman O'Brien um, a a quick shout out. So I think he might be one of the videos that we show, depending on where this conversation goes. Um, but Mike O'Brien did the first presentation, and I was I was blown away. Yes, like. He actually, we had this event at the city hall and this beautiful room, and it was because of him and his staff. And he's very much connected with us. I actually did an interview with him afterwards, which I'll probably show that interview more so than what he did, uh, what he shared during the uh, during the presentation. Um, it's shorter and it's very direct on like what we can do to change things. So um, before I talk more about what we did, would you like to introduce yourself, handsome gentleman? I would love to. Uh, my name is Andolfa Chuabiba. Um, you can call me Chewy. Chewy. <laughs> He's saying, speak uh, up, sit up, and represent up, for up your people. Represent. I would love to do that. <laughs> um, like I said, my name is Anoka Chewy Biba. I go by Chewy. And thank you again, Tracy, for uh, having me come out here and share about my experience mm-hmm. and uh, what I thought uh, about the, the coalition. Um, I loved being there. Uh, this is my first time that I actually got to attend mm-hmm. a coalition event. So, uh, from a youth perspective, I got the chance to see um, all the other African countries. So they said about 30 different countries represented. Mm-hmm. Um, come there, be united, have amazing food, but also <laughs> think about the solutions to some of the biggest problems that we're facing in our community. So I loved being there. T- totally. I-, I love what you just said, solutions. We talked about opportunities, um, but we were all 100% focused on solutions and things that we could do together. It was beautiful, and there Definitely. was food, and there was music, and there was fun, and there was cultural mm-hmm. exploration, um, but it was, oh, the music. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. The music was fantastic. <laughs> that was really a African, you know, the instrument they were playing, mm. that was so amazing, it and was. the dance, the move. Yes, was yes. So, That was so beautiful. It, I, yeah. I have a few clips that I get. Not sure how much of this I'm going to be able to show today, but we're going to put it all on it's all bigger than me, the site, because we want people to experience it, to really, truly experience what it was like. So, again, m- more, to, more to come on, on yeah. that part. The food was amazing, too. Definitely. But more than that was the conversation. So we had people there, and I'm just going to review the agenda real quick. So we were talking about the census, the 2020 census, which I thought that was a very engaging conversation. What, what did you guys think? Uh, definitely from what I thought about the, the presentation was that they had actual census experts from the local level, from the state level, and from the federal level and come and talk to those people that look like us, come and talk to us about why the census is important. And there is a lot of misconception about totally. what the meaning of the, cons- the census is. And when you're breaking down that information barrier and actually having people that have direct have the direct information give it to you, it means a lot more. It, it, and it was- so... It was fantastic. I appreciated it. Oh, th- you, I don't. I couldn't have said that better. 
it was absolutely priceless to to break down mm-hmm. this this misconceptions about the about the consensus about the census. There was consensus about the census. <laughs> <laughs> there was consensus that we should all participate. Definitely. And, and what I loved about it is there were there were some concerning questions about well, what about this whole concept of immigration? And they made it very clear that it is not about immigration status. Is it about who you are, where you are, and and what it impacts? Let's talk about that. They talked about how the census impacts dollars that are distributed at the local, state, and federal level. Yeah, so the census directly impacts the allocation of resources that are directed towards a specific state. So when we're not counting that one person, that's going to approximately, the figure they mentioned was about 16,000, 17,000 or more. That's not being directed to the state. So that's going to affect your Pell Grants that you're going to get as a student. Um, that's going to affect, uh, you know, welfare systems and such. So it's Buses, important to actually have, like, for sure. It's everything, basically. Yeah. And if you think about, um, I heard someone say that certain populations were more counted than others. Yeah. That means resources, translations, everything. So if you, you want to be counted. Yeah, you, you 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 absolutely want and or need. This happens every ten years, so that means dollars, allocations, translations, all those things. It won't be done again for another ten years. And so when they when they work through their budgets and all those various elements, you want to you want to be counted. Yeah, I mean, it, yes, it, it's a beautiful yes. thing. That was a beautiful thing, and I like it because they wanted to make understand all the everybody to understand that if you don't participate now. That will affect you, your family, your children, even your unborn children, even your grandchildren, mm-hmm. because you don't want to participate. And sometimes people as immigrants, we may neglect and say, ah, that's American stuff. No, it's not only American stuff. It's about everybody that are living in Washington for now, because we are in Washington. We're talking about Washington State. But it so, applies Nationally. nationally, this, this yes. message it's a, like, is a national nationally. message yes. about the census. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So don't be negligent and say this is not my stuff. This is for America. Even though you are an immigrant, you are concerned because if you don't, then it will affect even your immigration status. Because we, you need, we need your voice. We need to hear that you are there. We need to know that you are there as. Uh, said so that we can know how mm-hmm. to provide resources for immigrants. Tomorrow, don't lament that I'm not receiving this. Why I'm not receiving transportation? Why I'm not receiving food? Why is my housing getting cut off? Yeah, they don't know you there. They don't know you. <laughs> they, don't they don't know, know that you. You're there. So <laughs> let yourself known by the government so that that way they will allocate some things. You. You, see, you see why I wanted her here? There's a level of energy, am I right? You I see? love that. <laughs> Wonderful explanation. You see, the two of you, <laughs> I am so excited. So the, the room was full of amazing people, and we could talk a lot about a number of different things. I want to give, pronounce his name the way he likes to have it pronounced, our president. Our president. Quadro? It's spelled Quadro, but I think he says Kojo. I thought you was African. I was expecting expecting you to nail it. I'm going to butcher it. (laughs) Okay. Kojo, Quadro, Quadro. Hey, you know who you are. The president. As a matter of fact, he's going to tell us who he is right now. Um, Mike, you ready ready for this video? Okay, we're going to play this video. And and let me just introduce. (laughs) 
So yesterday, after the after the summit, I kept asking people to come and and provide an overview. Um, you know, like wh- why was this, why was this coalition so important? What did they like best? And again, this one right here was my most enthusiastic. Everyone gave a message, but she was the most enthusiastic. He was my most resistant. <laughs> <laughs> He was great. He was excellent. But he was my most resistant. So when you see, I keep saying one more question. He's trying to leave. I'm like, one more question and he's trying to leave. So this the event was over. And I uh, just wanted to put that out there so he doesn't look bad. He yeah. literally had a long day, had people waiting for him. So I'm going to press play um, as we go through. I haven't had t- time to edit because we literally did this yesterday. So I just kept asking questions. <laughs> he kept giving amazing answers. So I'm going to say dismiss what you see in the middle. As I was like, one more time. <laughs> I'm sorry. You ready, Mike? Okay. Important. Hello, my name is Kwejo Ware. I'm the president of the Washington State Coalition of African Community Leaders. And today has been our third annual African Community and Organization Leaders. We basically serve as the voice of the African community here in Washington State. We provide a platform and ensure that our African communities do have the resource that they need to collaborate and enable their voices to be heard. And so today we had our third summit bringing together most of the African communities here in the state, as well as engaging our council members, our legislators, our community leaders, and some professionals from corporate America. So this summit, we focused on community leadership, as well as the 2020 census. And it has been a very successful one. Our community is going back to really work and make sure that voices are heard. This has been the result of the third annual summit. Thank you. I love it. Real quick, real quick. We have people from at least 30 different organizations represented. You have partnerships with organizations like the National Black NBA Association. You had a lady here from La Raza, is that the name of it? Let's talk about why these community partnerships are so important and why other people should get involved. So this this community partnership is important because it increases the voice of all these communities and organizations to get out the problems that each and every individual community is trying to solve, organization is trying to solve, cut across. And so the need to collaborate and work together to help solve the same goals and issues that is needed for our various communities and organizations. So that is why it's important for everyone to work together. You gotta have to join, volunteer, be part, it's very self-fulfilling and you see the benefit and the impact on the community. I love it, I love it. Last, this is the second second clip. So we're gonna have the youth on the show today. We're gonna have people from Stand here. You guys had a panel for youth leaders. That is such a huge testimony to your leadership, that you're bringing in new leaders. There's a a succession plan already in place. Tell me how important it is to have these youth leaders speaking and for other leaders, young leaders and young people to get involved in a movement like this. So the youth is so critical for the advancement of the voices of the African community here in Washington State. They are the future and they are the present. And as such, it's good to have them already integrated into the system, integrated into the voice making of our communities to ensure that they carry on. It's a generational thing that needs to be passed on. They take up the torch, the mantle, to ensure that our voices continue to be heard. And that's the need to continue to work with the youth. Encourage them, engage them, give them the platform, and they make things work. I love it. Two other points. You know I'm not going to let you go yet. One last thing. Sorry. 
the census, the 2020 census, the Washington State Coalition of African Leaders, you have a whole team working on the census. Why is the census so important? And what should each of our community leaders tell their communities about the census? There were some really important things discussed today. Can you give us a real quick summary of why the census is important and, and, and how people are protected? It's not about immigration. It's about resources. Let's talk about that. So the census is, is very key to the community, not just the community per se, but the city, the county, the state. It helps the state get the federal money they need, which triggers down to the community through the state, the city, the county, you name it, via schools, buses, roads, railways, everything that they use. It all goes down to the census because it's via the census numbers that these federal budgets are allocated. And that's the need for our community to be counted. We've been considered as undercounted community for too long. And as such, the need for the community to really come up, engage one another, and ensure that everyone is counted from the age of five, you know, being the grandfather, the grandmom, you know, someone living with the uncle, until everyone needs to be counted, documented, undocumented, everyone needs to be counted. The data is going to be protected by the Federal Census Bureau. It wouldn't go to the federal government, but it would go anonymized, meaning individual names, phone numbers, contact addresses would be erased, and such people shouldn't fear, but they should own up, step up, and do the census for the benefit of our community. I love it. I love it. Can I get one more topic? One more. One last thank you. One last thank you. I'm going to edit your note because you know you're about to kill it. Councilman O'Brien was critical in us having this event here. Can you say a thank you to him and others to just get involved? His message was so moving yes. about we can all lead no matter who you are and what level you're in. So first of all, a thank you to him. But then final words of encouragement for others to get involved no matter who you are and what level you're at. We, we thank Councilmember Mike O'Brien very much for offering us the opportunity. We thank his office and his employees who help put this together. And we have one key person by name, Alicia. <laughs> she has been so, so involving with us. We thank all the team. We appreciate the work they've done for the community. All the support, we say a big thank you. And we know for sure, as Councilmember Michael Bryan said, there is a form of leadership in each and every individual. Oh. And I said the need for people to really, really get engaged one way or the other to make things work for the community. I love and it. That's the need for us all to get engaged. It's all about you, the individual, the community, and everyone has the power and the leadership to work. I love it. You know how we like to end? Say one quick thing. It's bigger than me. Yeah, it's bigger than me. <laughs> Do you love him? Is he amazing or he what? He's he, He's wonderful. He's just so, he's so shy. So like I said, you are my most enthusiastic person who gave, but he was like, <laughs> Do I have to say this? Just one more thing. Please. Yeah. Where do, where do I rank in that in level of enthusiasm? You were, you were, you had a tempered enthusiasm. Ooh, I like but that. You, you like that? Yeah. It was tempered, but it was um, academic. So you yeah. work in the academic field. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and the work you're doing and how it perfectly aligns with the work that we're doing? Okay, perfect. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, I graduated from uh, WSU University, or Washington State University, with a bachelor's in human development and with a certificate in adolescence development. I actually graduated uh, this year, and for those of you that are not familiar with a human development major, it's uh, an interdisciplinary major that's based on the theoretical frameworks of risk and protective factors. So risk factors are indicators that make an individual, uh, make it high, highly likely for an individual to have an unhealthy behavior, while protective factors are 
the counter of that so they uh, enhance an individual's ability to have a healthy um, life and healthy outcome. Uh, furthermore, we also talk a lot about the social determinants of health, which we discussed as uh, part of the when we got broken up into subgroups doing one of the mm -hmm. events uh, activities with regards to leadership and, and, and different sectors. I was in the health uh, sector and we talked about the social determinants of health. So how does education, environment, economy, the social and the community sector, uh, as well as, um, I believe, it was uh, finances impacted right, right, individuals' right. development. And I love that because we're not actually just looking at individual from one perspective, but we're, we're taking in all the external factors that have an impact on an individual's development. So I, um, I got to actually learn about the concepts I've learned at school, but also apply it to Real the African coalition. And exactly. outside of that, I'm actually working, uh, I'm doing a 10-month fellowship at the Washington Healthcare Authority currently mm -hmm. and work in the Division of Behavioral Health and Recovery on the prevention team. And one of the things that we do is we help develop coalitions that carry out the work of substance use uh, prevention and, and mental health promotion all throughout the state of Washington. We have 82 uh, coalition communities or coalitions, and uh, as well as we also partner with uh, community-based organizations. So this was a fantastic opportunity for me to take some of the stuff that I work on and apply it to something uh, like the African Coalition. So I, I learned I, a great deal. It, it was a perfect synergy. When I hear you talking about risk factors and protective factors, it's really the work we've been doing. I think you guys know, I've talked about this on the show numerous times, but as president of the National Black MBA Association, we focus on this, we have this program called Leaders of Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And as we were bringing that Leaders of Tomorrow program to Seattle, what we realized is it has to be bigger than just the individual child. We were actually, so the program that we're bringing is bigger than, bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> right. So as I started this work, I realized it, it, we have to bring the community, community together in a way that's never happened before. In a way that, so it, we're bringing a program called Building Leaders of Tomorrow through Community Leadership Today. So it's that activation of every person in the community, which, sure. I, which I love. Yeah. And so Maria, I know Maria, um, we're gonna have we're gonna do a quick clip of Maria. I actually interviewed her as she was at, at the end of the the session as well. And then we're gonna talk about her session where she talked about activating leaders. For sure, right? And you both said that was actually your favorite session. Oh yeah, that was my favorite. So why was it your favorite session? Before I even show her, it was my favorite session because she taught us who the leader is, mm -hmm. and she said, "You are a leader. Everyone. Wherever you are at, you are a leader. So you don't have." To neglect and, and to look down at yourself and say, oh, I cannot do it. Yes, you can do it because you are a leader. And then after that, we had to split into sessions where we had to discuss different uh, areas. Mm -hmm. So that was amazing because everybody just participated. Activation, everybody full activation. Just, yeah, that was a full activation. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. So you, t you yeah. tell me what you love so much about Maria's. She, she led this conversation or this segment um, around leadership yeah uh, I loved Maria's presentation because she talked about uh, leadership activation and engagement but she also identified the different levels of engagement mm. when it comes to coalitions not everybody has the time to attend every meeting or exactly. be there at every conference uh, so she talked about just being aware of what's going on in your community and when your support is needed coming out and maybe just reading an email or getting the chance to email your legislator about some of the things that are important to you so her helping us identify the different levels of engagement were reinforced the idea that even though you want to get involved, you can, you can do the littlest thing and still have the biggest impact. 
the can you say that one more time, people? You can do the if we got nothing else out of this, biggest impact yeah, for sure. That's right. That was it. Was amazing. So we're gonna play Maria yeah. real quick, okay. and then we'll come back to. There was just so much to talk about. We're at three twenty-seven already. <laughs> so much to talk about. So I'm trying to squeeze everything. And you ready, Mike? Okay. And as you know, I am president of the National Black MBA Association, Seattle chapter. And we have a partnership with the Washington State Coalition of African Leaders. And this beautiful lady has been a, just, a, just, a, just a wonderful individual who actually was just part of a recent presentation at our third annual summit. So I'm going to have you introduce yourself, tell us your name, where you're from, and what community you represent, and then specifically tell us why is this coalition so important? Why are these partnerships, these community partnerships, so important? Well, thank you. First of all, my name is Maria Batiola, and I was born and raised in the Philippines. My parents brought me here when I was 14 years old back in 1969. So I get it, what it is to be Filipino and what it is to be American. You have to pick and choose what is it you want to be, otherwise you're going to get sucked into what the media is of what an American is. So um, currently what I do is I chair the Beacon Hill Neighborhood Council and I serve as environmental justice coordinator for Asunta de la Raza. But my journey really has been 30 years of civil rights leadership at Metro King County and the Merch Metro in King County. And along the way I helped start organizations like Asian Pacific Islander um, Family and Safety Center which focused on domestic violence and human trafficking and sexual assault. I helped start a theater group called T, Theatrical Ensemble of Asians, and I helped um, start also Community Coalition on Environmental Justice because of, as you know, where poorer people are, usually our environment is where sort of, you know, the lower property rates, so there's more pollution, more difficulty in accessing more poor people in our community. Right. And, and what I know about the conversations we've had is when you think about environmental justice, the conversation and the proof points that you've identified affect the African and the African-American community disproportionately. Can you talk about why these coalitions are so important, why these, the, these partnerships are so important? Absolutely. I mean, we're all in the same boat, bottom line. And what we need to do is we really need to address the Euro-based system that basically says environment is about the mountains, the air, clean water, and so forth. And we are saying people are part of the environment too. That's where the environmental justice is. Because the social determinants for our population show that we live much shorter lives for a variety of reasons, right? We can't get the jobs because of equal opportunity issues. Same thing with education. We live in poorer communities. Oftentimes we have limited access to healthcare and so forth. I love it. So one final word that you shared about your story and, and why it's so important for others to get involved. Can you give a little call to action for everyone to get involved, to be a part of the solution? Why is that so important? Absolutely. Why is leadership and taking action Absolutely. critical? Leadership, you can be a leader from any position because if you're not part of the solution, mm. you're part of the problem. I love it. You get know how we it. end every show. We say it's bigger than me, baby. <laughs> I love that. I love Maria. She is amazing. So again, there was so much to talk about. One of the other things that happened at this third annual summit of the Washington State Coalition of African Leaders was there was a, a, a youth panel. And it was amazing. I was, I had such peace at the end of that thinking, wow, our youth are engaged. They're smart. 
they 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 were amazing. You want to give us a quick overview of who was there? Give us their names and what organizations they represented. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. And uh, just a heads up, and I an extended apology if I mess up your name. I am African too. I have a beautiful name. My name is Ndolkachu, and people mess that up a lot. So an extended apology. Um, so some of the individuals that were there were Ayo Haruna. He he hosts. Uh, he's the executive for Young African Talks, and he's also. Uh, employee at Microsoft, uh, Sibusu Ndilovu, and he is a member of STAND, so Speaking Truth and New Direction. Uh, they're a substance abuse prevention um, program comprised of youth. Uh, Sheena Olga Diadhu, she has a, a gallery of African art, but she's also the former Miss Africa Washington State. Kolowale um, Akinlot Sotu, oh my God, I love these names, uh, has an African nonprofit called Africa Now Program. Um, Awa Dialo has uh, a nonprofit, the African Youth Coalition, which I'd be happy to join. So give me a call anytime <laughs> you need. Um, and Providence Kamana uh, is a program manager at CIN, and he is also uh, a Congolese American Language Institute Mass Choir instructor, which is fantastic. And then Abari Charles, uh, who is a student at the University of Washington. Uh, She's participated in the Miss Africa Washington State pageant, uh, works with the Washington State Coalition of African Community Leaders, as well as being a member on the Washington um, African Youth Coalition. So a lot of fantastic youth. And just to highlight uh, a few of the individuals that I found to be, um, I, I, I enjoyed all their presentation, but a few stood out to me. And the, the Sibusu Nertolvu uh, youth uh, gentleman, uh, is only 13 years old and goes around the state of Washington and talks about substance use prevention, which is extremely valuable. And he was articulate, and he engaging, empo empowering. It was amazing. Yeah, and, I, and I'm doing him a disservice by not showing him <laughs> an extreme level of enthusiasm for everything that tempered. he does in our community. He, he only has tempered enthusiasm. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll let her talk about it. <laughs> but I'd be, I'd, I'd be happy to hear who was your... Uh, Who's your favorite? Who's, youth, uh, and then they were all amazing, so no yeah. disservice to anyone. We just don't have a lot of time. We'll bring you all. They've all been invited back. Providence is actually going to come and sing. Providence has actually been part of the <laughs> National Black NBA Association yeah. um, partnerships that we've had in the past. He actually performs, Thanks. and he's amazing. I know you have a personal relationship with him. Or you oh, know him. Yeah, you know him. yeah. I work with Providence at the Congolese Integration mm. Network. Okay. And really is doing an amazing job working with youth, mm. immigrant youth, you know, some of them are coming from refugee camp. They're mm. immigrants, and they have that trauma. Mm. You know? And he's working with them, just trying to help them, and is really an amazing. So it's, mm. in general, the, the message that the youth transmitted yesterday was an amazing message because they wanted uh, to, to know what are their stories, where yes. they're coming from, they're coming from the country they are coming from. They know a lot about the American history, but yes. they don't know anything about their uh, country of origin, which it, was amazing. It, I'm it, like, they want to is. know that. I think as, as parents, as a grown-up, we have that responsibility mm -hmm. to teach our youth the history of the country they are coming from. I, I, I totally and, agree. And another thing is to see how intelligent these young people are amazing. These young that. people are, the, and they gave the numbers of 
how many young people in America that are doctors, engineers, they are doing, they are contributing to the American economy mm -hmm. and they don't even know About the economy mm -hmm. of the country they are coming from. So it was like just celebrating, celebrating the, successes, the success, but also identifying the opportunities. Identified, yeah, helping them to and know being who very they clear are. on solutions. Yeah, yeah, just find the solution. And that was amazing. It's good, you know, as parents <laughs> sitting down with the young people and to hear from them, to know yeah. how intelligent <laughs> they are. And because they are graduated, they graduated from the American University. And so they are so smart, so very smart. intelligent. So and they are amazing. They, they, they really were. Like I said, you yeah. all are invited back. We've had a few of them on already. So I know the facilitator was a Bari. Charles, who um, um, was the founder of the African Youth Coalition, who's very closely related to the Washington State Coalition of African Communi Community Leaders. But she also, um, I think, helped to, to lead or create the UW's University of Washington's African Student Association. So she was here. Yeah, they, they're all just absolutely yeah, wonderful, 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 wonderful. Like I said, we could talk more. What was that word before we get off this youth panel? What was the, the term that the young guy came up with, the brain drain? Yeah, so the, the concept of the brain drain is young, educated, intelligent, articulate um, Africans um, leaving the continent of Africa in hopes of pursuing a higher education or a professional opportunity in the United States. And by doing that, you're actually draining that resource that, resource that could be given, that could be used back home and now they're all here, and they're here, and they're thriving. And it was and very interesting, which is what I love about this, is you have some of them here thriving and then building communities and programs that can impact back home. Mm -hmm. So That's this true. brain drain is absolutely a real deal. I think it was just to hear it the way he talked about it, like you said, with all the metrics, and the, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah. So I think it also adds another level of um, opportunity for us as we think about solutions for immigrants here, making sure that you're not brain draining and leaving yeah. our home mother country, mm -hmm. right? Less stable and less able to sustain. You yeah. know, I would growth. like to I would like to to add the point that he is extremely smart and he does go back and have various different organizations and mm -hmm. a lot of uh, Africans that are here, especially within the youth sector, that are successful do plan to go back totally. and give back to their country. So I'd like to give them that credit totally. and acknowledge their effort. No, I, 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 thought it was, I thought it was amazing. Any other thoughts about the youth before I go on to, to Mike O'Brien? I think I have a crush on him now. <laughs> 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 I'm so not political. And I kind of have this thing with politicians like, you know, I'm just not political personally. And so I've met with Mike in his office a couple times and a few other people. Um, briefly, we're very, you know, much on topic and very specific. But during the, the summit, he actually gave a very moving presentation. And I recorded it all. And I will put it on um, our website. It's all biggerthanme.com. We're actually building it out. We're building out the website so that these type of community events, when they happen, people can just go and actually have the experience, whether you're able to physically be there or not. Just basically hear it and hear it again. And he was very action-oriented. So, Mike... I'm a huge fan now, <laughs> huge fan. So Michael Bryan is a member of the Seattle City Council. He's representing District 6 in Northwest Seattle. Um, what was interesting about him is that he talked about being the only white male left on the city council and having that perspective now. Because he's like when he started, it was all white men, or at least it was the majority 
white man. And he talked about how, um, you know, things are obviously easier for him. But he had very, um, uh, he was very intentional about connecting with our community. Again, we've met with him numerous times. Relationships are being built with the with the city. So how, how important was his presentation to you? What did you what did you think about it? I mean, the room lit up. Like I said, I could play the applause that was a round of applause because he was he was moving. He also talked about service and leadership Definitely. and how we can all lead. He took some really tough questions, too, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. I'm surprised he answered those questions and he, and he answered them truthfully. So, yeah. so, so, so tell us a little bit about what you liked best about his presentation. Um, and then maybe you can give us the highlights um, of, of the, his answer to some of the tough questions. Mike, Mike, Mike cares. Just just know that Mike cares, and the reason you know that is because he was there. Mm. Yeah. But not only was he there, by the way, his team, I have a video of him after the, the session, which we're going to play, and Alicia um, from his team as well. Not only does he care because he was there, not just showing up one time. Mm-hmm. Well, Africans need you to be there on a regular basis. We need you to consistently show up and actually demonstrate your 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 participation in, in, in the process. And Definitely. so his team actually... Again, we, we had the event because of them. I could go on and on and on and on and on. But thank you to Alicia on this team who was hands-on for weeks, months. Actually, we started this planning months ago um, from an executive advisory board perspective. And then Mike showed up and showed out throughout the, the – the, he wanted to know what we wanted to focus on from a topic perspective. And he nailed it. Like, he really – you know, talked about leadership, his journey, but then really kind of turned it on us to say, you know what, we are, you know, the solution. It's collectively we're the solution. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, one of the biggest things that our community does a lot is we look for change outwards mm. instead of looking for change inwards. We have the solutions to everything that we're struggling with. And He's not a plant. I say <laughs> that all the time. And you keep saying things. He's not a plant. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and and by hearing Mike's speech, right, you feel inspired, you feel encouraged, but not only that, you have the tools. He gave you a sense of formula. He said, identify what your agenda is, right? Identify an individual that supports that agenda and support them. Mm -hmm. And when they don't support that agenda, don't support them. That's it. So as a coalition, we need to find out what our agenda is. We need to find out a person that supports that agenda mm-hmm. and then be behind them. And, and we've been doing that. I mean, that's why we've been supporting Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so, right? So just so it we're shows. clear, he's not the only one, but the, the the coalition has a very clear agenda. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. The thing that I like about him is that he was present. Mm. Present. Because you cannot say that you are a leader without participating. Right. So right. his totally. presence meant a lot for us. And just so that he's a good leader who wanted to be there for the people he's leading. And you cannot be a leader without being there for your people. And if he was there for the coalition, and we thank him because he was there to listen to us, so that from there, because you cannot have a solution without having a listening ears. So because he has that listening ears, then we will have, we can find a solution. I, I, I absolutely love it. So I'm going to play this video. Mike, let me know if you're ready. So I'm going to play this video. This was um, oops, this was uh, Mike O'Brien right after the um, his, his presentation at the coalition. And it's bigger than me, baby. And I am here with Representative Mike O'Brien. And you just presented at the Washington State Coalition of African Leaders. We just had the third annual summit. And I got to say, OMG, your story was amazing. I mean, you, you, 
<laughs> you were engaging, authentic, charismatic, but also very empowering. It's a very action-oriented message about why leaders should be engaged. So can you tell us why it was important for you to be here as a part of this Washington State Coalition of African Leaders? You know, um, we all have the different journeys in mind. And I'll, I'll tell you that as a white man, I, my journey is always going to be easier because our society is designed for people like me to be successful at the expense of others. But there are things from my story where I've learned in getting to where I am today um, it's exciting for me to share um, and it's so exciting for me when I see the richness that we have in our city um, and the potential uh, if we unlock that richness to participate in running city government uh, what we can achieve you know um, most people that I grew up with have very similar backgrounds to me and they're, you know, good people, good backgrounds, all that stuff but it's just a slice of the American experience, right. the global experience, and knowing that we have this richness right here in our own city, we could be helping us guide and shape how our communities thrive, and unfortunately because of institutional racism and colonialism and other systems of oppression, folks have not been able to reach their full potential. But we can unlock that, and the organization that's doing this work and bringing communities together and building networks and lifting their voices up I am just so lucky that I can play a small role to help because you guys are doing amazing. Well, I, I'm excited. Again, I think I mentioned previously, in addition to being part of the Executive Advisory Board for the Washington State Coalition of African Leaders, I'm also president of the National Black Indian Association. And one of the things that we, we focus on, our, our key mission is economic and intellectual empowerment. And so you also sat in there when we just talked about I-1000. Right, and how important I-1000 is for economic empowerment for our community. Can you talk a little bit about I-1000 and tell kind of our listening audience Absolutely. about I-1000, what it is and why it's so important? Yeah, so um, unfortunately, like 20 years ago, there was a statewide initiative called I-200, and it's banned affirmative action, which was an amazing tool that helped people lift up other voices in our, uh, in our community and give people opportunities they didn't have access to. When I-200 passed, it took away that tool completely. I-1000 is an opportunity to undo the damage that was done 20 years ago. We need those tools to recognize that um, you know, the measures we use for how people get evaluated are not fair measures. They're designed to measure people like me and oppress so many other people that don't have access to the same opportunities. But we're smart enough to get around that if we're legally allowed to do that. So please vote yes, approve I-1000 to allow us to um, design systems at government and at, at colleges and universities so that we can actually lift up the diverse voices in our community and everyone will be successful. I love it. Tell us a little bit, let's be clear, because when people hear the word affirmative action, they get a little confused or maybe concerned. There's no quotas. I-1000 is very specific. Yep. There's no quotas. No quotas anymore. about equity and inclusion. Just, just, just talk a little bit more about this concept of, I know that it's yeah. going to bring back this governor's panel for equity and inclusion. Yeah. It's actually going to allow, you know, a, a different level of um, just equity. I'll use that word, right? Yeah. A different level of balance that has been taken away. Yeah. You know, the, too often we'll look at, you know, so colleges and universities will say, I need to know what your SAT score is. You know, that's a, an equal measure of how people do. Everyone takes the same test, and yet the questions on that test are designed by people like me, who look like me, for people who look like me. And if we 
find ourselves only looking at metrics like that, um, what happens is folks say, well, you know, the, the people that scored well got in, what can I do? It's not a racist test. It's like, it absolutely is a racist test. We need to overcome that and say we have better tools. I-1000 will allow us to use different tools and figure out, hey, if we want to build a rich, diverse employee base at the city, student body at the university, how do we go find that richness and recognize that people with different backgrounds are going to score differently on different tests, have different grades. That's okay, and we want them as part of these institutions. Right. Give us the flexibility right. to identify them. And what I love about I-1000 also is it emphasizes you must be qualified. Absolutely. We're talking qualifications. So even when you're qualified, Actual even, qualifications. When, even when, you're, when you're qualified, even when the scores are, are equal, even when you, still you have work. the same degree, it doesn't always work out. So it's really about kind of that uh, 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 level playing field. So, talk real quick, last question about why leadership is important and what each person can do, each person watching this, can do to help change the world, help make the world a better place. So, so one thing that, that everyone can do who at least has legal right to do it is you need to vote. Um, so, vote to approve I-1000. Um, vote for, let's vote for let's talk about what, what voting to approve I-1000 means. I think we, we kind of had a point of clarification yeah. in the room. You're not going to the polls in November for this one. You're going to receive something in the mail, a ballot in the mail. Washington State is all voting by mail. So if you're a registered voter in the middle of October, you'll get a piece of mail that shows up with a bunch of stuff on there, maybe some races you don't even know about. But somewhere on there, if you live in Washington State, as we say, I-1000, you vote to approve or not? And you want to vote yes to approve it. But beyond just voting, we need more people engaged. I-1000 is not on the ballot randomly. It's because people have been activated for years to get this passed, to repeal I-200. Um, that meant that people were engaged in their community, pushing forward ideas to get this law passed. It also meant getting people elected um, who understand that. So you have people on the state floor of the state House of Representatives and the state Senate that understand the power of I-1000 and how damaging I-200 has been. So we need to get people running for office. We need to elect those people that are running for office. However you can get engaged in our system. Um, you know, you don't have to jump from doing nothing today to running for office tomorrow, but just take a small step now. Exactly. And guess what? Once you do it, you're going to want to take another step, and that. that's okay. I know. We had Jesse Weinberry on my show. So we do a live show every Sunday. It's all bigger than me. And he was there talking about this opportunity to engage people. So he's recommending on October 30th, we're going to host a, basically a ballot party. Perfect. We're inviting people to come. How fun. Yeah, so we're going to invite you all as well. Again, vote yes to approve I-1000. And again, be a part of this community. We appreciate you. And guess what? We always say at the end of our show. You ready? <laughs> it's all it's bigger, bigger than, than me, me baby. baby. <laughs>
everything. Can you believe you have nine minutes left? I know time flies when you're talking about things you care about. I know. But can I give you a low five? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's his tempered enthusiasm. <laughs> I like it. It's, it's powerful. <laughs> okay, so we're going to keep going. So there was so much to talk about. We're going to try to squeeze in a little bit more. So you, you had mentioned... Um, you talked about the youth panel, and I, I know we had invited Carrie to come here and talk about Stan, and she's going to bring a group another day, and they're going to talk about Stan. But can you tell us a little bit about, because um, you said that was one of your other favorite parts of the day, was Carrie talking about Stan. What is Stan? So Stan, uh, the acronym starts, stands for Speaking Truth and uh, New Direction. Uh, they're associated with the Center for Multi- oh. Multicultural Health, and they work a lot on substance use uh, prevention. Um and one of the, the youth, actually, uh, Sibisu Nedlovu, mm-hmm. did a fantastic job uh, presenting uh, on the contact in the youth panel, but there were other youth that presented on later in the day, which I found to be extremely valuable information. We understand the concept of health disparities and how much uh, substance use impacts minority communities, and they brought that to light and their youth. They just, had this great just video. Just let that sink in, that they developed videos. They go around the state presenting. So they were at the Spring Youth Forum, as well as uh, a national conference, Dallas for Youth Prize winning. Like they've Prize been an award-winning yeah. group that's talking about preventing the use of tobacco, marijuana, and drugs. For sure. And, and for other minority youth, the message resonates more because it's coming from a person that looks like you. Exactly. And, and the other thing that I loved about this group is that they specifically say they are a partnership between African and African-American youth. Definitely. So African and African-American youth together focused on preventing use of, even though it's legalized in this state, they're like, what was that thing they said about the lies? Oh, oh, um, <laughs> oh, yes. They, they gave out these bags. I brought mine because I thought it was so cute. We ain't high on their lies. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag. I don't use hashtag. I'm not really into social media. But the video was like, we ain't high on their lies. So those lies about how fun it is, how cool you are to smoke. or do you, They're like, we, we, we're not high on those lies. Yeah, definitely. And one of the biggest things that they touched on was vaping. They touched on vaping, which has increased drastically mm. in high school as well mm. as middle school. And the Washington State Legislature just passed a law increasing the age of tobacco and vaping to the age of 21 instead of 18. So uh, they're right up there. They're civically engaged, and they talk about issues um, that are directly impacting our community now. And remember, vapings are harmful. Vaping (laughs) contains nicotine, and do not vape. Wow. Yeah, because uh, before, even the young people, they would say, oh, vaping is not bad. It's not bad for you. It's good you have different flavors. When you are vaping, you have different flavor. Exactly. So it's not bad for you. But actually, vaping is harmful. Definitely. It is. Yeah. It is. So, Mike, uh, we got another quick video because they couldn't come in today. But I did do a quick little video of them. They're so cute. Are they adorable? And <laughs> yeah. this is just part of the crew. So very quick. They would just, you, you ready, Mike? Okay. We're going to just press play, press play on this one. And it's bigger than me, baby. We are at the Washington State Coalition of African Leaders Third Annual Summit. And staying out, they just did a presentation. It was so impressive. I asked them to join us on the show, and they're going to give us a real quick overview. Just tell us who they are and actually what is Stan? What is Stand Out? Um, they're a group of about 20 to 25 youth from around Washington State, ages 12 to 18, um, and they serve the African and African American community. 
and they educate in the communities through peer education about the dangers of youth marijuana usage, uh, vaping, and tobacco. Mm, I love that. So it's positive peer pressure is what I hear. Yeah. Wow. So Miss Thang over here, Miss Peer Leader, you just said something which I thought was so moving. Tell us what you said. Why why is this stand organization so important? Um, stand gives a voice to you. Can you speak a little bit louder? Stand gives a voice to you and as youth we often feel like our experiences aren't heard. And as people of color we feel that Nice. And so now you're standing. For something. You're standing out for something. Anybody else want to share anything about why this is important and what this is meant for you? Guys, somebody says stand. Yes, sir? <laughs> it's important to me because in my community where like I've come from, I've noticed that most of my relatives and just friends that I know have been smoking for a long time and it always seemed to start up when they're young. So for this generation, I would like to help um, youth black kids to make sure they don't do that so they can be in a better future. I love it. I love it. All right, y'all. You know what we said. It's bigger than me, baby. <laughs> I don't know why that abuses me every time, but it does. Wow, was that amazing? That was amazing. And there's so much more. Like I said, we'll have them on. Their videos were, were really, really good. Um, I'm kind of like quadruple tasking here, uh, <laughs> building up videos and talking to my people. So I know you said there was one other thing. We have four minutes left, so we got to do it very, very quickly. There was so much that happened. Again, most of these videos will be on our site. Two minutes left. Mike just said two minutes. 30 seconds, really quickly. There, there's this part about um, uh, the homestead from Gerald Miller. Real quick, why was that important to you? Oh, that was important to me because, first of all, when as a an immigrant woman, yes. I thought it's not easy for somebody mm. like me to own a home. Right. But with what Gerald explained to us, you actually, as somebody that's working in nonprofit, I can own a home. Mm. I don't just have to continue renting. Mm. But there is a way because there is like an income limit. They're mm. helping communities. And there is an it. income limit where you can say, okay, you can own a home. So that was really amazing. It's resourceful, and it gave a lot of thought. They're helping communities. They're yes. helping communities. And see, like, somebody just being there, helping community to own a home, that is amazing. And they have everything on their website. So even though we can not yes. talk about everything yes. right now, so, yeah. I can own a home as somebody walking in. I, I love it. The, the, like I said, we got one minute left, so I'm just going to give the website for the Washington State Coalition of African Community Leaders. It's um, www.wcacl.org, and their email is communityleaderswa at gmail.com. But again, the website is WS for Washington State, CA for Coalition of African Community Leaders, C-A-C-L, W-S-C-A-C-L. Um, dot org. So real quick, we got literally two, 20 seconds. Tell me, um, why should people get involved in this organization? Be care, because you care about the improvement of African communities all throughout the state of Washington. I love it. Real quick, tell us why this coalition is so important. It's so important <laughs> because we are powerful when we are together. Mm. Go, what do we say that. at the end, y'all? It's bigger, bigger than, than me, than me baby. baby. <laughs>